HR Party of One is brought to you by Bernie Portal. In this episode, let's prevent costly compliance mistakes with Form 1095C. You're an HR professional, so when you think about your most pressing concern, I bet you think compliance, compliance, compliance. And I mean all sorts of compliance, from classifying employees correctly, to I-9 form receipts, to background check disclosures. Oh, and Affordable Care Act compliance, like your favorite ACA compliance form, Form 1095C. I prefer Form 1094C myself. There's a lot less of those guys since you only have to submit one 1094C per employer identification number or EIN, but because there are fewer of them, you run a much lower risk of error, which in this case is synonymous to non-compliance. Because you have many more 1095C forms, they are much more prone to error, so employers must be extremely cautious. That's why this episode of HR Party of One is devoted to helping you prevent the most common 1095C form mistakes to avoid hefty penalties. Do you know what one of the major penalties for failing to comply with ACA requirements properly is? The sledgehammer penalty. That sounds ominous, to say the least. So keep watching, and before the end of this episode, I'll tell you about how to avoid the slammer. I mean, I mean the sledgehammer. Until then, we'll discuss the quick facts about ACA compliance in Form 1095C, most common form 1095C mistakes, and how to prevent costly 1094-1095C form errors. Let's get started. The quick facts about ACA compliance in Form 1095C. Okay, so you're HR party of one, you may know a bit about ACA compliance already, but I'm going to give us a quick refresh so we can prepare for the topic of 1095Cs. The top concerns of ACA compliance are, does your company qualify as an applicable large employer or ALE? An ALE is an organization that employs an average of 50 or more employees full-time or full-time equivalents or FTEs in the prior calendar year. But there are nuances to ALE qualification. Let's consider a hypothetical. ABC Company has 37 full-time employees but hires 30 part-time workers. Each part-timer works 20 hours per week, so the combined hours of two part-time employees equals a 40-hour work week. Therefore, ABC Company has 15 FTEs. Since 15 plus 37 is equal to 52, ABC Company is considered an ALE. There are other situations in which an employer should carefully consider its ALE status. I recommend keeping detailed records of employees past and present in an HRAS so you can pull reports on whatever information you need. What do ALEs have to offer full-time employees? The ACA requires ALEs to offer at least 95% of their full-time employees and their dependents Affordable Minimum Essential Coverage, or MEC. The threshold for affordable coverage is set by evaluating what percentage of an employee's household income must be spent on healthcare. In 2023, the threshold was 9.12%, meaning if a healthcare plan's employee covered amount exceeded 9.12% of the household income, then it was not affordable and the employer is on the hook. However, how can an employer discover what a household considers affordable? How do you determine affordable minimum essential coverage? Since the ACA affordability rule is based on household income, employers have to use techniques like safe harbors to figure out if employees fall within the set affordability standard. Safe harbors are useful for organizations when they don't know employees' household incomes. 
While the ACA and the IRS don't require the use of them, safe harbors work to protect your organization from potential employer shared responsibility penalties. For more information on how the ACA determines safe harbors, check out the blog I linked in the description. What are the purposes of Forms 1094-1095C? These forms are used by employers to report their workforce's health coverage data to the federal government. The IRS enforces ACA compliance, and so between January 1st and April 1st, employers must submit a 1094-C for each EIN and one 1095-C for each employee. The 1094-C is just for the IRS and functions like a summary for your organization. 1095-Cs are due to the IRS, but you must also furnish copies for each employee. Turning these forms in on time and correctly filed is incredibly important for IRS compliance. How do you fill and file these forms? Filling these forms can be a painstaking task, and if you don't have an HRIS like Bernie Portal, you may spend hours doing it. I do have a cheat sheet that describes the purpose and placement of every code, which I'll link in the description, but what about actually filing the forms? So this is a question many employers are asking themselves in 2023. The IRS released new requirements for ACA returns. Before, employers could submit up to 250 paper copies of the many different forms the IRS requires throughout the year. Starting in 2024, employers submitting 10 or more forms total must e-file. If you want to know more, I have a resource for you. Filling and filing these forms is not only a hassle, but it has a margin of error that many HR parties of one are wise to avoid. That's why the next thing I'm going to cover is the most common mistakes employers make and how to prevent them. Here at Bernie Portal, we have a team that ensures HR pros who use our HRIS fill and file their 1094-1095Cs correctly. We've seen all sorts of mistakes and we've helped employers fix them. So the mistakes we see most often fall into two categories. Number one, employers don't realize they must file a 1095C for someone. Number two, employee information doesn't match what the IRS has on file. Beneath the umbrella of each of these is a whole host of related mistakes. Let's break it down. Here are the common cases in which employers may fail to furnish a 1095C form for someone. The individual quit before working a full year. The individual is improperly classified as part-time. The individual is enrolled in the health plan with the carrier, but is not enrolled in the HRIS, so they don't appear on the list of employees needing 1095Cs. Or the individual was deleted from the Benefits Administration Platform, or HRIS, upon termination, so a 1095C was not furnished for them in the system. The other most common mistake is when your given information doesn't match the IRS's information. This can be due to employer error, but oftentimes employees are to blame. Here are some other common examples. The individual used a shortened version of their name or a nickname for their benefits administration system or paperwork. The individual entered incorrect information, like typing random numbers for their social. The individual's dependents don't have correct information for similar reasons, or the individual doesn't provide their dependents' social security numbers. There are other mistakes, but these are the ones that we see most often. Any of these could trigger an IRS audit, and ACA compliance is taken very seriously by investigative agencies. You must be able to produce meticulous records showing tax returns from whatever year the IRS requests. So if you had an employee for only four months back in 2022, and the IRS has cause to believe that you failed to produce their 1095C due to an error on your part, you must be able to provide proof of compliance. No one wants the IRS to come knocking. 
So let's cover preventative measures for these common 1095C mistakes. How to prevent costly 1094-1095C form errors. First, I wanna clarify what I mean by costly errors. Employer Shared Responsibility Payments, or ESRPs, are tax payments made when ALEs offer less than minimum coverage. ESRP penalties continue to rise each year. The IRS levies fines against ALEs that fail to offer coverage to at least 95% of their full-time employees, called the A penalty, or those that offer plans that are unaffordable or do not meet the minimum value standard, the B penalty. In 2024, the A penalty fine is $2,970 or $247.50 monthly. The B penalty is $4,460 or $371.67 monthly. The IRS only needs to find out about one uninsured yet eligible employee to leverage a fine against your organization. Suppose someone who is eligible for employer health care is not offered it, which is an A penalty, and requests a premium tax credit to gain coverage. The ACA Health Exchange grants the credit and notifies the IRS. The IRS will then cross-reference your 1095C filings for the applicable year and identify how many people the organization employs to calculate a fine. Minus the standard 30% exemption, if your organization employs 350 people, the IRS calculates it like this. 2,970 times 350 minus 30 equals $950,400 in fines your organization must pay. The A penalty is also known as the sledgehammer penalty. The B penalty is also known as the tack hammer penalty. So you're an HR professional and you wanna be compliant. I feel the same way. I'm gonna walk you through my tried and true methods of preventing many common 1095C errors. First up, use an onboarding checklist. A checklist can keep you as well as new hires on track. You can include a step that clarifies all info must be the legal match to the federal government's info. So no shortened names or nicknames. However, you should include a place for employees to enter their preferred names so you and others know what to call them. You may not know what info the IRS has, but ensuring information is correct to the best of your ability is a worthwhile onboarding step for many reasons. If you use an HRIS, it may be easier to do this since you can set reminders in the portal for new hires to input their legal name, social security, and current mailing address. And HRIS like Bernie Portal will know the difference between a nickname and a legal name. So you don't have to worry about putting the wrong thing on accident and filing an incorrect form. It will also host your onboarding checklist for you to onboard talent efficiently and correctly every time. Next up, send regular reminders to your workforce to update their information if it's changed. You can send quarterly reminders for employees to update their information in the event they move, change their name, add dependents, etc. If you keep employee records on paper, then be prepared to field an influx of change requests. I like Bernie Portal because it's self-service, so not only can I send email reminders, but the portal itself prompts employees to update any necessary information themselves. Keep detailed records of 1094-1095C forms and employee information. IRS guidelines require organizations to retain ACA compliance forms for three years from the report date. If you use an HRIS, those records will be available in perpetuity, regardless of whether the employee exists in the system anymore or not. However, I recommend never deleting employee accounts from your all-in-one system if you use one. 
That way, you always have a record of their time and attendance, PTO, performance notes, start and end dates, benefits elections, and more. That sort of meticulous record keeping may be a lifesaver down the road if you must provide information about an employee from years past. Use an offboarding checklist. This checklist can help you take steps to ensure you never lose employee records and have a method of contact if need be. Ensure the information is up to date so that when you furnish a 1095C form for them, the mailing address is also correct. And if it isn't, you need a way to contact them. An offboarding checklist will remind you to clarify a method of communication so you can contact the former employee to determine a new mailing address, name, or other information if needed. And finally, use a robust benefits administration system, or better yet, use an HRIS. This sounds like a no-brainer, but a good Ben admin system will auto-populate 1095C forms with employee data present within an all-in-one system. So if your Ben admin is connected to your onboarding, then you can go ahead and check off the tedious task of manually entering names, addresses, and social security numbers. While you or your broker must input the specific tax codes, Bernie Portal provides the ultimate cheat sheet to ensure it's quick and easy. Then your HRIS should file those forms with the IRS using an e-filing capability, especially as in 2024 and going forward, you must e-file with few exceptions. In this episode, we've covered some ACA basics and the most common 1095C mistakes. There are multiple ways to prevent errors, but your best solution is also the one that will keep your organization going and growing, an HRIS with a robust compliance and reporting feature like Bernie Portal. You have enough on your plate, and I personally understand how many hours you spend on 1095Cs. Now, I spend maybe two hours on them, and the rest of the time I can focus on making my organization a great place to work. As always, remember that your role is as strategic as you make it. 